Hello, everybody. This is a Penn State football podcast brought to you by ForTheGloryOfOldState.com. I'm Craig Rosala, and I'm joined by my partner, Brandon Musso. How are we doing tonight, Brandon? Doing good. Another win, baby. Yeah, two in a row. Can't beat it. You know, in the words of uh, Lou Brown from Major League, you win one, that's that's great. You win two in a row, it's a winning streak. You win three. Oh, man. We got a streak on. Yeah, so Penn State, they, they came out in, uh, in Pasadena, New Jersey, facing Rutgers. They, they dominated from the opening kickoff, and they won 23-7. to All in all, dominating first half. They held on for the second half. Um, what are your thoughts from this game? I mean, there was some you know things that you could pick apart, but you know, overall I, I felt that it was, it was a good win. I, obviously, if you listen to the – preview pod I picked him to lose because I um, refused to have um, full confidence in this team after what we saw to begin the season but um, to their credit came out with a lot of uh, energy a lot of motivation and, and looked really good yeah and I think something that we didn't factor into our predictions at all is we both had some high scoring scores like at, at the end of the day I think you had 35 31 I had 40 or 42 to 28 rather we didn't factor in that there'd be a nor'easter going through New Jersey uh, yeah. for the first half. And that definitely played a factor in the first half. We saw Penn State go for it on their first drive on fourth and 13 when in typical situation, you just punt it away. But the field position game was such an important factor in the first half because of the rain and the wind. And then the wind stayed um, throughout the second half as well. But getting that fast start, which we talked about without the factor of a nor'easter, that was so important for Penn State. And, yes, they did stall out on the 4th and 13. But when they got the ball back, again, they were able to drive right back down the field. And at the end of it, a 29-yard catch by Parker Washington on a slant route. John Clifford found him, hit him in stride. Nice accurate pass. And that was the fast start that Penn State needed to get going on Saturday. Yeah, I feel, I feel like we hammer this point to death in the preview pause, just talking about can you just get a fast start? It's such an important thing for this team. You know, you can start the game fast and you just kind of carry the momentum momentum through the rest of the, the game. And, you know, as you said, the first drive didn't result in any points. But, you know, they moved the ball down the field pretty well. I was actually pretty pleased with it. I know it stalled out. Um, I think they uh, turned the ball over on, you know, the Rutgers 30 or so. But, you know, as mm-hmm. far as the play calling went and the offense in general – they still looked pretty decent um, going down the field in, in that drive. Um, some unfortunate circumstances, you know, at the end that led to them turning the ball over, but um, I wasn't that upset about it because they kind of looked like they were continuing their success from the Michigan game. They kind of build it off of it. I liked the play selection. Um, so, you know, all in all, it was good with that. So they turned the ball over and then, you know, you see the defense come out and give their version of a fast start get a quick yeah. stop against Rutgers, make a huge fourth down stop, you know, and then the offense gets back on the field. And as you said, make quick work, go up seven, nothing early. And then, you know, right from there, they score in the next two possessions right after that. Yeah. I, I want to go back just really quickly to that very first Penn state drive where they actually started the drive on the 10 and eventually drove to the Rutgers 30. And um, I could only imagine if Penn state went free and out there kicking into the wind, Rutgers would have been, I would say inside the 50 easily, maybe even inside the 40. So just flipping that field position played a huge factor um, going forward. And you mentioned the the fourth down stop that Penn State had. I would say a very, very questionable decision by uh, Rutgers head coach Greg Schiano to go for it there. 
Yeah. Yes, I think he was trying to make a statement there and sending out uh, Jimmy Langan, his um, his Will Levis type, I guess you could say, where he's that running style quarterback who typically picks up first downs. But with the wind at his back, he could have pinned Penn State back deep in field position, knowing that they aren't the strongest throwing team across the country, and they're not getting too many big plays this year either. Uh, but then, as we said, Penn State gets the ball back, um, you know, couple timely, you know, third down conversions. Levis was really strong on that drive. And then Clifford came back in, said hit Washington stride. And that was as strong as Parker Washington has been. That was his only catch of the day, but it went for a touchdown. So that's, that's all that counts. <laughs> that's true. It's the score at the end of the game is what matters the most. Yeah. And now since, you know, we're talking about, you know, the fast start this Penn State offense had, we touched on the defense. The Penn State defense was 100% the story of the day. And I know you're very happy with that, considering you're a big defensive line uh, type of guy. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. It, it really just hasn't been a good year for the defense. And, you know, to their credit, again, you know, really came out and looked really good in this game. Um, I know in past podcasts you've been talking about how, you know, Brent Pry's been pretty lucky that – the offenses have been struggling because, you know, the attention and spotlight's kind of been off him and, you know, the criticism has been on the offense, but, you know, they've had just as much struggles um, giving up points this year. But like I said, I will tell you, they looked, they looked great on Saturday. I I can't really knock them. Um, Again, played with great physicality. Talked about it last week against Michigan. It was kind of one of the, the positive things that I pulled out of that game, but they allowed just over 200 yards, total yards to Rutgers, and they really didn't even score any points till the third quarter. So defensive line, another good day. Run defense, just 83 yards, which mm-hmm. I was happy with because that's another thing that they've been getting gashed on all year. Um, finally, we were able to shut the, the running game down. And I know in the, the preview pod, I, I, one of my uh, keys to Rutgers winning was, was talking about Isaiah Pacheco, their running back, getting going. And uh, Penn State really didn't let him get going. So I think that was kind of a large part of why they had so much success. Yeah, and I want to touch on the type of complimentary football that this Penn State team played on Saturday. You know, we saw – we talked about the Washington touchdown. Okay, Penn State's up 7-0. From there, Penn State defense forces a three and out. They highlight that on a third and six, a seven-yard sack um, on a corner blitz by Daquan Hardy. He gets in the backfield, forces a three and out. Penn State gets the ball back again. They score 10 nothing now. Uh, Jake Penninger added a 30-yard field goal. From there, Penn State is able to, you know, Rutgers drives a little bit. But, again, a fourth and one. They stop Rutgers. Another questionable decision by Shiano at the Rutgers 45, this time with the wind into uh, the Rutgers' face. Um, but still, they're able to make a big stop when they need to, and that allows Penn State to keep the momentum. They go up 17 nothing. Again, we're gonna. I'm gonna build off this again. Complimentary football. After you score to make it 17 nothing, another three and out. That's so important in terms of keeping momentum on your side. If we're allowing long drives after we score, the momentum is just evened out. Especially if you're on the road in a, a typical setting where there are actually fans in the crowd, that just gets them right back in the game. Obviously, we don't have fans in the crowd um, in the stands this year, but it's just. These are good habits to start practicing because, again, this year isn't so important. But next year and going forward, this stuff matters so much. I love seeing that good complimentary football. And they did that throughout the first half, and that's why they shot Rutgers out 17 nothing. 
Yeah, just a just an overall good day from from the defense. And uh, you know, if there's one thing I can knock them on, would be the tackling. Um, it was a sloppy for a lot of guys. There was a lot of you know missed tackles that you know they kind of looked pretty bad. But uh, just something for them to work on. Yeah, and I'll I'll make some excuses for this team, and some of that I'll attribute to some of the weather where. The offensive player knows where he's going. The defensive player might not know where he's, he doesn't know where the offensive player is going. So with a, a wet turf, they might be slipping a little bit. They might not be able to um, be as aggressive when a player is making their cuts and trying to defend that. Um, but all in all, a great day for the defense. As you said, they were very stout and limiting Rutgers, um, 83 rushing yards, 122 passing yards. And really the only touchdown was a, a jump ball to – one of the players I said we had to watch was Bo Melton. He made a DeAndre Hopkins type of play from that um, Cardinals uh, Bills game, um, and then limiting Rutgers' 12 first downs across 60 minutes. That's so, that's great job by the Penn State defense, all in all. Yeah. All right. So um, going back to the offense, you know, we talked seeing this from the Michigan game and seeing our quarterback struggles throughout the uh, first you know part of the season the Penn State running game has had to get involved. And on Saturday, I think it was – we saw Kevon Lee break out against Michigan, but this was a pretty much a spread-the-well type of style running attack where basically everybody had, you know, a hand in the performance. Um, Kevon Lee led the way with 95 yards. We saw Devin Ford come back from um, his family, uh, a family death of his. And he had – I think he had probably the best game in his Penn State career. Um, outside of, you know, the, the big 80-yard run against Idaho last year. But this overall was his most consistent performance. We saw Levis do his thing. We saw, saw um, Sean Clifford, again, pretty steady um, in providing with the running game. Because Idaho was pretty quiet, which I, you know, I was hoping to see more. But you have four guys that are pretty steady in the running game. What do you think? Yeah, you know, going into the game, I, I know I said I wanted to see more Lee than, than anyone. But – you know, I will say I was happy with kind of the split that they they came up with. You know, Lee still got 17 carries to Ford's 11, but um, it was good for me because I wanted to see him have more carries. But it was pretty much a, a three-headed attack between him, um, Ford, and, and Levis. And, you know, it was great for the offense. I thought overall the play calling regressed a little bit in this game. Um, so some of the running plays got – rushing plays got stuffed and – the embarrassing get stuffed at the line, you know, play that everyone knows is coming happens, you know, a couple of times I wasn't too happy about it, mm-hmm. but you know, overall pretty good day for the rushing attack. And, and I will say Lee continues to show that he's the best healthy back on this team right now. Totally agree. He, he might not have the breakaway speed that some of the other guys have in this backfield, but he hits the hole and he hits it hard and he's able to create some big gains. And I think he's been a difference maker in helping the quarterbacks out a lot where we're seeing a lot more second and two, third and two type of situations. And that makes things so much easier on this Penn State offense. Again, you mentioned 17 carries, 95 yards. That comes out to about five and a half yards um, per rush. He had a long of 31 where he broke out in the open field, but he got caught. He, you know, he's not the fastest guy <laughs> um, on yeah. this team. But, you know, you have 17 carries by Lee, 17 by Levis. So we got 34 11 more by Ford, 45. Uh, eight by Clifford, 53. And then Kazai Holmes with 50, or with three carries, making that 56. You have 56 carries to 22 passes. 
and you're able to run the ball at will, it's a pretty good day. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we know what happens when they're pass happy and it's not good. So um, something that they needed to get going all year was the rushing game, and they have, to their credit, for the last two games now. Yeah, so strong performance. Defense gets a big shout-out today. Running game gets a big shout-out. You know, the weather – and they needed both of those units because of the weather with the winds, the rain. Uh, it was – I don't think it was talked about enough on the broadcast – and how much these teams, uh, you know, their play calling was decided by the weather. Um, the term, like Rutgers going for it in certain situations was very questionable because of where they were on the field with the weather, with the wind. Um, you know, this game wasn't – I don't think it was talked about throughout the game by um, the two broadcasters. Yeah, definitely a factor, and uh, I think Penn State used it to their favor, you know, at least in the early goings. All right, so – we're going to add a new little segment to our podcast. We usually get some mailbag questions. We didn't post a, a mailbag question or uh, a mailbag um, discussion this week. However, we did post on Saturday after the game for some thoughts on your favorite part of the win. And we're going to read those couple and we're going to react to them. So um, first one I want to read is, I think this was a really cool moment um, that went very under the radar on Saturday. And it's doing what only eight other programs have done in the history of the game and most rec- and most only recently themselves reached 900 program wins. That's from Thomas Benage. Penn State got their 900th win against Rutgers on Saturday, and that puts them in some elite company in college football. Uh, what were your thoughts from that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's certainly a great accomplishment for you know the program as a whole, but I think it kind of helps to to show the success that Penn State has had over the years. It kind of gives a little perspective to the people that are, you know, kind of ready to to clean house over this disappointing stretch of, you know, eight games. I mean, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit, enjoy the accomplishment for what it is, and and, and uh, enjoy where this program is at right now. Not everybody's, you know, there's some pretty big names that are not at 900 wins, you know. Like in LSU, I, I was like, nope, they're not on it. Um, you know, you have your typical ones like Notre Dame and Michigan and Ohio State that they, you know, they've been playing like forever, like Penn State has. But it's a huge accomplishment considering only eight other teams in college football have done that. So pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. This one is from Joe Barr. Favorite part was the first play, a quick pitch, and boom, a first down. Of course, we, in all caps, Never seen that play again all damn day with four question marks. Um, <laughs> so, Joe, you're questioning the play calling, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I mentioned it just a bit before. I, I did think the play calling regressed, um, you know, comparing this game to last week's game. But I think it's definitely a good idea to have a run play, you know, a couple t- – uh, to run the same play a couple times in a row, but – I think you got to be careful when you enter that line of thinking, you know, it kind of reminds me of, you know, playing Madden or college football where you're just like the guy picking the plays and you see, Ooh, this play works. So you just continue to keep running it, keep running it, keep running it. Um, but you know, this is real life. This is real games. Um, you have to be count, be careful with the amount of times you run certain plays. Defenses are preparing for you all week. They can sniff that kind of stuff out. They'll know exactly what you're trying to do, but it kind of brings you back to the, predictability point you can't run the same play that our defense is like i said is going to know what you're doing at a certain point with that being said i will 
somewhat agree with you, Joe, and say, you know, maybe they could have run it a couple more times. It did look like a nice play. But, you know, you need, a, you need an offense that keeps the defense on their toes. So, Yeah, I think with, like, you have Kevon Lee as your featured back now. He's more of a, a up-the-middle type of runner than, you know, say, Devin Ford. And right. I put Holmes in that running up-the-middle type of category as well. Um, these are more power backs and, you know, the guys that can stretch the field horizontally. And the pitch could be effective when defense may be loading up towards the middle of the field. But, you know, I think if you're having a, uh, if you're effective running the ball up the middle, like they were, don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's just, that's just me. But, you know, that might be something that with Ford getting back into the action a little bit more, maybe they add that part for his uh, dynamic. So we'll see. Yeah. But, it's definitely, it's definitely a play for a speed type guy, not, you know, downhill runner like Lee. Yeah. And I also feel like with that play, you have to have a lot more go right in terms of blocking the, the pitch type of play than if you do it up yeah. the middle, where up the middle you have, you know, you have your assignments up the middle, you have your five outs of offensive linemen. We typically always have a tight end in and they make their reads where you have to have your linemen blocking and your receivers, which Penn State is traditionally very good at blocking on the outside. They have to do that if it's, if it's a pitch. Otherwise, it's going to get blown up by either a corner, a safety, uh, or a linebacker. And, you know, never mind if an offensive lineman misses his assignment. So I think it's a little bit of a riskier play. And, um, you know, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. And our last comment is from Marsha Campolongo Matheson. I apologize if I misspoke on your name. Um, but she has in all caps defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we hit a, a lot on this already. It, you know, it was a great day to to see the defense just just dominate and and really show that they were the superior team. So, yeah, I mean, there and there's some standout guys from this Penn State defense. I thought Jaquan Brisker. Um, I saw the Pro Football Focus um, stats on him. He's ranked as a top. 10 safety in the country right now. Um, he's been very impressive. He's a Juco transfer. So unfortunately he's a senior this year and he'll be walking on senior day this week. But then, you know, Jesse Luketa led the way with 10 total tackles, nine solos, um, including a tackle for loss. You know, uh, Ellis Brooks had a forced fumble. We had a bunch of different guys with um, tackles for loss outside of Luketa. Joey Porter Jr. had one, Brandon Smith, Jason Oway. We saw Daquan Hardy with the sack. You know, all in all, it wasn't just a one-man wrecking crew that we, you know, have seen in recent years with Parsons just tearing it up. This was a collective effort by this Penn State defense, and uh, it was definitely the highlight of the day, I think. Yeah, I know you mentioned, you know, Luketa was kind of somebody that I, I noticed throughout the game. You know, he had a, yeah, I mean, he had one or two tackles that he, he looked pretty bad on. Um, but other than that, he, he seemed to be flying around the field. And, you know, I was really impressed with him. And like you said, a lot of the other guys that can kind of uh, contributed to it. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, no uh, three Castro fields for the fourth game in a row, I believe. But those young corners on the outside, um, Keaton Ellis, I know he had a, a nice play and then he got burned for one uh, right after that. Um, and Joy, we mentioned Joey Porter Jr. before. We, we love him on this podcast. Um, they've been stepping up in a big way. Yeah, we're we're a pro uh, Joey Porter Jr. podcast. Yes, yes, we are. Uh, so, so thank you guys for your comments on our posts. Um, you know, maybe this is something that we keep doing, or you know, adding the mailbag. Very fortunate, I have to say, that our mailbag contributors Aaron and Jack 
they did not come on last week, and we did not lose the game, and it was not their fault. So they're lucky. You got you guys are off the hook. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anything else you want to add to today's podcast, Brandon? No, I think we touched on it all. It's uh, we'll be back at you with the uh, the preview for this week. Yeah, I mean, again, a, a really, you know, it's Rutgers, but for this Penn State team to come out and play the way they did, uh, really strong performance, and you know, bowing through adversity um, with the weather conditions out there because it looked pretty nasty, but. Great win for them, and I'm going to leave a little personal note here because, you know, you guys follow us, and, you know, it's me and Brandon on the For the Glory team, and right now with the Cowboys and Ravens starting, we're recording on Tuesday night. It's a big game because if uh, in fantasy we're dueling it out for uh, the last place in fantasy playoffs, and Brandon needs me to lose. Right now I'm up 11-ish with Aaron, who, you know, frequent guest again, he needs uh, Ezekiel Elliott to put up more than 11 points. If he doesn't, I make playoffs. If he does, Brandon makes playoffs. So we're going to be dueling it out tonight. <laughs> uh, don't worry. I've been paying attention to that. I've been paying attention. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm nervous. I'll be watching this game. I'll, I'll be watching. Yeah. So, again, a little personal note there, but we thank you guys for, uh, for tuning in as always. Um, keep following us on Twitter at For the Glory OS, um, Facebook For the Glory of Old State. Continue to follow us on um, both Spotify and Apple with the podcast. We'll have our prediction out later this week for the Michigan State game. And then after that, we have one more recap for the season and one more preview uh, when Penn State plays their Big Ten West opponent. Who knows who it's going to be at this point right now because things are getting weird with Ohio State getting canceled and their game against Michigan. Um, a bunch of other teams have had cancellations, so it's going to be kind of weird how the schedule shakes out. But keep following us as, that, as the season goes along, and uh, we thank you guys for listening again. All right, have a good one.